Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Uber Neuro podcast, uh, the podcast that's designed to interview um, heroes and amazing people who are living despite or because of a neurodiversity and they are thriving, uh, not just surviving, but thriving and owning what they have and taking out to the rest of the world. And I'm doing this just to remind you all because I have a 13-year-old son with, who's just been recently diagnosed with autism. And it's quite depressing for a young man to have to accept that. And I want to show him and introduce him to a catalog of people who, despite their challenges, are crushing it and uh, to show him that he has whatever future he wants. So without further ado, I'm super excited. I love everyone I get to interview. But this guy is a legend. Uh, not all heroes wear capes, but Dr. Sean Robinson actually does wear a cape. Hello, Sean. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Thank you. Uh, it's great to connect with you. Uh, I I saw you online. I, I just I don't know what I was searching for. Uh, something to do with neurodiversity, and saw you in front of a classroom uh, in a superhero outfit talking to kids. I thought I've got to interview this guy. So, Thank you. G- give me a bit of perspective of the challenge you faced. Uh, a bit about you. Obviously, you're a doctor as well. So tell us tell us who you are. Uh, yeah. So I um I was first diagnosed with dyslexia when I was uh, 18. Um, I was functionally illiterate and had a professor and told me that the um, school system had failed me, much like what's happening today uh, with, with kids. And um, I had no idea about dyslexia or what it was or how it affected me. I just knew I couldn't read. And so um, he just kept telling me, you have a gift and I'm going to help you learn to read. And he just taught me the, the basic fundamentals of reading, phonics, um, morphology, orthographic, just the basic, simple principles that are not being taught. And when he taught me that after I graduated high school, reading at a third grade level, um, I just became a consumer of education and consumer of reading, consumer of just learning. And so my journey from 1996 when I graduated went straight 18 years uh, to get my undergrad, master's and PhD. So I was in school 18 years total after high school, pretty much catching up um, for what um, was lost time, uh, but it wasn't really lost because throughout that journey, I learned a lot about myself, um, my weaknesses, my strengths, um, how the world doesn't, is not going to feel sorry for me if I, if I feel sorry for myself. So I had to really figure out how to manage, um, you know, to, to a world that's full of literacy, writing, reading, communicating effectively. So all that stuff I had to really, you know, um, relearn. And once I did, I, I just never looked back and I just kept pushing, 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 pushing. Amazing. I mean, that's actually astonishing. 18 years of education, despite dyslexia that, uh, you know, the school system had written off. And now you're a doctor. What are you a doctor of? If you don't mind? Uh, language and literacy. So it's pretty much... Um, I focus on uh, dyslexia among students from under, well, all students, but I focus on students from underserved communities who don't have access to um, high, you know, uh, rigorous curriculum. Uh, I don't care if you're from, ur- you know, the urban area or rural area. I mean, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, kids, all kids need to have hope and um, not every kid's getting an opportunity to get hope. And sometimes the parents don't know how to read either. So I mean, how, how can you expect a kid to learn this? The parent might have dyslexia too. That's an amazing. I mean, my mind is just trying to wrap itself around the fact that you had 
dyslexia, you couldn't read, and now you're a doctorate of literacy. I mean, that's an astonishing achievement, and I'm sure you, you I'm sure you're humble about it. But that, that's, you know, that's like uh, I'm a pretty big guy, but that's like me uh, beating, uh, you know, everyone in the hundred meter sprint in eight years in the Olympics. That's a massive transformation. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you think that that sort of inflection point of that someone coming along showing you there was a different way to learn, different methods, that was that kind of the pivotal point, do you think? Oh, yes, yes, most definitely. Because even when I was in high school, I was in special ed pretty much all the way from elementary school through high school, self-contained classes, behavioral, you know, identification. And um, I had some great teachers, though, in special ed. I'm not going to knock, you know, my teachers. I, I had some great teachers, but they – could not figure out why I was so angry or couldn't figure out how to help me in the area of reading, but you know, they did other things. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a professor who just sat me down and taught me old school, um, Orton Gillingham. And, um, that was pretty much about it. Uh, and then once he taught me, I just, I came a consumer. I just started reading, reading and writing and kept reading and writing and practicing and, Amazing. Up and, you know, I been, um, was invited to the White House twice under Obama's administration to present my work. Amazing. Wow. Uh, and NBC News, both in New York and local station here, did a story on my work. Wow. Uh, did, did you actually get to meet President Obama? I mean, that's... No, I got, I got to meet uh, Valerie, Valerie Jarrett, but he was, in the, he was in the office while we were in the West Wing, so I got to take a tour of the uh, West Wing. I mean, that's outstanding. I mean, when you were a kid with dyslexia and you were kind of thinking about your future, was there fear? I mean, you, you obviously couldn't imagine what was going to happen, but what, what, where were you at as a kid with dyslexia? Did you feel like lost and that's it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lost, angered, um, you know, hopeless, you know, slow, everything that, you know, many kids go through with today, you just feel hopeless. Like, you know, and you become a bully because... Yeah. You either been bullied or you're angry, so you bully somebody else to take out your anger of not knowing how to read. And instead of teachers looking at the root cause of your anger, they just say you're a bully and you become stigmatized, labeled, and then you know the rest. You know, and then you end up could be end up incarcerated and drugs, addiction, mental health. So there's a lot of factors that can lead a student on the wrong path if they don't um, get the right services at an early age. And now, I mean, it's an incredible story, man. I mean, you know, genuinely, it's, you know, it, it actually resonates because uh, uh, my son has autism and he was, he was self-excluding himself from school. So he wouldn't go. He's 13. So you can't make a 13-year-old. If a 13-year-old doesn't want to go to school, they're not going to school. It's not, I'm not going to pick him up and physically take him. And, and you know, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of depression and negativity in his mind. And, you know, starting to get a little negative uh, physical you know, in his own world. And uh, the school didn't really know how to cope. And my wife and I could sense it was going down the discipline route. Yep. And so we pulled him out of school. So we now homeschool him because I didn't even want it to start on the discipline route because the discipline route would only reinforce his sense of self or lack of self-worth. It would make it his fault. He's doing something wrong. He's being naughty. He's not. You know, I, I did an interview earlier with someone who said, it's not an emotional event. It's a medical event. You know, this is this isn't a behavior. The behavior is a result of something that's happening. So what you've just expressed, you know, that kids are getting frustrated and angry because they're not being taught in the right appropriate way. And then that leads to a life of 
God knows what, mental health, criminal activity, whatever, because that anger only has one outlet. So we're losing thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who could live awesome existences contributing to society just because we just don't do what one guy did for you. Yeah, they, um, you know, as one of my mentors told me, he said, we, we are in America, we are funding failure every day. Yeah. Taxpayers are funding failure. I mean, you know, I think in the UK as well. I don't think it's just, <laughs> I think we have the same problem, you know, I think, and, and that's not, you know, I don't want to criticize teachers. Teachers do an amazing job. They don't have the support and the funding they need to do the job they need to do. But that's a different podcast. We don't want to, that's a, that's a whole that's, different podcast. That's too many egos at the top of the, ch- of the chain. Well, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Plato in the Republic, uh, which is famous, political philosophy book uh, said uh, uh, anyone who tends towards politics should immediately be banned. So anybody who wants to be a politician should never do it. Politics should be like jury duty. You should have to do it and hate it and not want to do it and resent it. And then the only, the only result, the tele, the, the big word they use, the teleology of, of the end of uh, justice is yeah. justice, not money, not, not speaking engagements, not the, the, you know, the, 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 the chat show circuit, the end result of politics should be great policy. That's it. There's no benefit. It should actually be a cost to you. It should ruin your life. So the only thing you're going to get out of it is looking after and serving the people. Unfortunately, we both got it the wrong way around. And actually, uh, you know, (laughs) politicians, you know, what do they all do when they retire? Obama, Clinton, George Bush included, uh, they go on the speaker circuit, earn money, get directorships. You know, the end of politics actually isn't serving the people. Uh, that doesn't mean they're evil, but the system. Anyway, that's a different program. Um, so, obviously, uh, challenge when you were young, uh, great intervention around 18, a lot of time in education because you, somebody helped you unlock it. So now tell us what happened next. Where are you? Or, or what, we've done what happened next. Tell us where you are now. Tell us, tell us about uh, your alter ego and how you're helping other people. Uh, I work at uh, the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I work in the uh, Wisconsin Equity Inclusion Laboratory, and uh, I'll be doing some work in the special education department too in the fall, uh, but uh, potentially training teachers how to work with students with dyslexia. And my, my biggest thing with the, uh, the book that my wife and I wrote, uh, Dr. Dyslexia Dude, um, is a superhero character of color with the dyslexia. Um, just trying to make the work more, more accessible so kids can see themselves in the literature to give them hope, you know, because like when you work in the academy, people just want to write <coughs> articles that may never be seen or read by anybody. You know, you yeah. got these top, top journals or books. And so I, I have 37 publications outside of my kid's book. And I'm, I, I love to write, but then I said to myself, service, how can I serve communities? Parents like I read my, my journal articles that have all these big vocabulary words in it. So um, sure. I made this superhero book with my wife, uh, who was the editor of it. The, uh, she wrote it. Um, I, she did everything. Um, and it just get out there to kids and um, so kids can see themselves. And uh, it's, been, it's been very popular both here and overseas. Uh, sold some in the Middle East. Um, went to Canada, uh, Toronto. So I've been traveling around, um, flying in my cape, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, make sure we get, um, <clears throat> well, actually, is there a URL people can go to? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, I'll put it here a second. 
And we'll make sure we drop this in as a link. Okay, so it's drdyslexiadude.com, yeah? Oh, oops, I think I made a mistake there. That's all right. That's all right. I can see that. So it's Dr. D-R and then D-Y-S-L-E-X-I-A-D-U-D-E, drdyslexiadude.com. And we'll make sure we drop that into the podcast info as well. I've got to get a copy of that for my son as well. I think he'll, he'll enjoy that. And it's four bucks ninety-five. I mean, that's like that's less than a Starbucks. I mean, there's no excuse. In <laughs> fact, what, anyone, li- <coughs> go on. What were you going to say? My so all my research we did. My I took. I came. My wife had this idea, and she's more creative than me. So she actually took a lot of my writing I had, and she wrote it. So she's just not like the editor, but she like she like the brain behind the operations. Like she took my work that was more for like. <laughs> like the academy and yeah. she changed it to to fit um kid, kids so she what i heard um this book would not be um possible because she she did um all the writing for it uh, she just took my idea and ran with it so and it was her idea to make it five five four ninety five because again accessibility um yeah what parents yeah, parents you know they can't afford you know 12 15 books so um like you said, you know, you can't get a vente coffee for four dollars ninety-five cents at Starbucks. Absolutely, and in fact, anyone that's listening to this podcast, never mind affording one, do me a favor, buy a couple, buy a few, have them at home, give them to people who whose kids are struggling because they may be undiagnosed. You know, kids that are failing out of school, they're generally failing out of school for a reason. They're not not failing out of school because they're evil or because they don't want to be in school. They're just their neurodiversity may not be allowing them to cope with school uh, there's going to be something going on so uh well look i, I mean uh, i'm in awe actually uh, i'm pretty humbled by your achievement and i think uh you know to have been where you were uh, and to have climbed that mountain and got the education you needed because someone helped you unlock it is a testament anybody listening to this no matter what neurodiversity they have or, or their kids have can feel supremely confident that uh you know it may be it may be a cliche but Impossible really is nothing because I imagine when you were a kid, the life you have now must have seemed impossible. Uh, yes. Yeah, and yet here you are living it. So amazing work, sir. And um, thank, thank you, you so much for sharing. Um, we'll be getting uh, uh, this podcast as far and wide as we can, and we'll make sure that we'll do our bit to spread the message from our side. So uh, hopefully, we'll be popular enough. You'll come over to the UK, and we'll be able to do a live podcast. Yeah. And, and I've just seen, uh, yeah. You mind if I drop some of these uh, links in there? Are you okay with that? I mean, I don't yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll make sure we include these uh, when we actually uh, uh, put the podcast up. We'll include these as additional talking points. So put as many as you like. Um, that's fantastic. Everyone that's listening to this, uh, I'm sure will join me in thanking you for joining us today. And um, everyone that's listening, share, 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 share. Please, let's get this out. This is good stuff. And Dr. Sean is, you know, saving kids' lives and saving their future as well. So, uh, and by the way, too, um, I've been a I've been a coach uh, for Special Olympics for uh, wow. since 1994. Wow! Just in case everything you told me wasn't amazing enough, you thought you'd just drop that little bomb. I mean, that's incredible. What kind and what sort of uh, what sort of sport? I did it all: bocce ball, basketball, uh, floor wow. hockey, uh, for, uh, track and field. Um, you name it. I've spoken. I've spoken at um, Special Olympic banquet dinners. I, I've been downstate to the Olympic ga- wow. games in Illinois. So um, I've done. It, I've done it all. Yeah. Amazing. 
Yeah. That's incredible. Well, look, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it. it's kind of awe inspiring. Everyone I interview is interesting, but I, I think, uh, you know, you, you've taken it up a level. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, look, thank you so much once again. Everyone listening, to, uh, click the links, buy the book. For God's sake, buy more than one. Give it to people you know and uh, keep an ear out. And we'll, uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. That's uh, Al from Uber Neuro saying thank you very much to Dr. Sean Robinson and have a good day, everyone. Thank you.